So, Jeff, here we are, death and rebirth and marriage, part two. How do you feel about your performance for part one? I don't think it was so much of a performance. Um, I think it was just telling life, which is a little easier. It was good. It was pretty raw. There was um, a couple moments that it doesn't always come through in the audio, but sitting next to you and Tanya starts to tell a story about something and your face is just like, okay we'll go there and then you went there right so i'm proud of you i mean i'm a lot younger than you i mean a lot so it's kind of weird for me to say i'm proud of you but well you can come and get discount dinners at denny's with me anytime so usually two thirty, three, early bird special yeah that's right i like it well Actually, hometown buffet on Wednesday. So yes, we were going to places that are genuine, and they are easier to talk about these days because they were much more difficult days in the past. Feeling the energy and the love from people in that story—it's a lot easier to tell. It was tough living through it, though. Scott, what'd you think? Man, there was some tension at times uh, when Tanya brought stuff up, and then I don't know, it almost seemed like you were kind of put on the defensive a little bit but i think you did a good job of not going there uh, and just kind of telling a different aspect of it but there's or some, owning it yeah yeah and there's some pretty personal stuff in there though and man i i a couple of times i was like i felt uncomfortable yeah i think we really earned that explicit bad <laughs> <laughs> is uncomfortable definitely it's we know that it's worth telling we know the impact of stories when they're genuine and they're raw and they're real and people feel that. They sense it. That's when change comes. It gives, we've really realized that it gives hope. And that is why we feel called to reach out and tell our story. People in bad situations and they feel like there's probably no hope, uh, that it's over. I think, I think you, one of you mentioned they, they had it in their mind that it's over, this is over. Yeah, it was probably me. <laughs> it, it doesn't it doesn't have to be. Um, it's probably both of you guys. Yeah, shoot yeah. more at different times just, maybe. Just resigned to living a life or even any chance of a good life. And to be quite honest, we almost literally pinch ourselves talking to each other about life and saying like, how do we even get here? Because that's pretty amazing to go through this because we certainly both thought you know, we were finished. Yeah. And we've heard tons of stories from so many people. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of people that we know that they went the other way. It's like, uh, when does Acts finish? What chapter? 2069? 2069? 26? Sorry, I'm sure. It's uh, but I'll, I want to say anyway, 26. It doesn't. Acts the, ends eventually. The, the, point, the point being is we, we just feel like the story is continuing. And yeah. The good news is part two starts off with... Part two? I forgot. I know. That's what we're setting up right now. <laughs> yeah. So it starts off with Jesus shining a light on you guys and, man, golden tablets coming <laughs> down. Such, the, go, the golden BS. The golden tripod comes Thank down. and. Either that or the, your wedding day. It, it goes right into Jeff's wedding, the worst day of his life, self-proclaimed. Uh, we appreciate your feedback. Um, Zach Hansen 89 on Twitter did post right after he listened to part one. I cannot wait. In addition to other things, he said he can't wait for part two. So here you go, Zach, who, hey, Zach. who spells it correctly. Yeah, Z-A-C. 
Okay. <laughs> That's right. So uh, I'll take that beer, buddy. I'm coming. We're, we're, we're coming. We're, we're supposed to send him beer. Oh. Well, we'll work that out too. Well, Zach's supposed to send. We can work it out. Zach's well, he said I should just drop by his porch and you know take a seat on the rocker. He doesn't know what he's asking. <laughs> There's going to be a man outside your window, Zach, with a golf club, an elder breathing gentleman. heavily from his chest. So let me paint a picture with my mouth. Jack Nicholson in The Shining, head down slightly, eyes up, breathing heavy and staring. That's what you're going to get, Zach Hansen. <laughs> Jeff Pearson stalking you. So remember to rate and review us on iTunes. That helps us immensely, and we'll read it on the show. I don't think we had any new reviews since the last time. No. So step it up. And I know you're listening, India. Suck it up and review us, India. Not the name, the country. We had one person in India. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they have like 1.2 billion, and we got one. Yeah. It's awesome. It's the beginning, just the beginning, and we'd like to say, Danya Bob, in advance, for rating us, liking us, and retweeting our tweets, and uh, whatever else you want to do to promote. And Bros Battles Beer, Facebook, yeah. Bros Battles Beer, Twitter, bbbpod.com. All right, part two. Let's go. Christian, well, our first son. So that pregnancy, uh, we were about five months and we got married. You were pregnant about five months and we got married. Changing the topic uh, or changing the subject a little bit was the day of our marriage. And going into it, I'd asked you to marry me, but ultimately I'm thinking she probably just thinks I'm asking her because she's pregnant. That's exactly what I thought. Right. And, and, and so... I remember your response when I asked you to marry me and it was almost, um, there was almost a non-response. There was no emotion right. involved. I said, sure. Right. Um, and that, that was hurtful to me. And then we moved into, um, going towards, you know, our wedding day and we got in some, Argument. I just remember you sitting down on the couch. You know, there's things that you remember, and there's things that I remember. And I remember, uh, you know, getting down in your face and telling you, you know, you're, you're like, you're messing this all up. And you hit me with a right hook so fast. It was like <laughs> Mike Tyson, and I struck the side so of my good. skull. I have no idea where it came from, but I've never seen like someone punched so fast, but then I've been in only a few fights in my life. But, um, I'm like, my goodness, we, she just punched me. And uh, what was it? Two or three weeks later, we married. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even remember what that fight was about. I just remember you cornered me and, uh, uh, nobody corners me. Yeah. Nobody Nobody puts, puts (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It was just my, my reaction was to, get out like I my fear right and I, I this is I gotta get you out have of serious this. pain you have serious pain you have anger and hate towards me towards men and you're marrying me and I've gotten I've put you through just horribleness and wreckage and carnage and then we go into our wedding day and we, we planned our wedding in a month by yeah, the way we, we do our we, vow- it was all around his soccer he had one yeah. Saturday off 
or I coached soccer the morning of our wedding. Mm-hmm. Our wedding. He wore soccer shoes. Clouds part. But they were we blue them skies, and we go. We marry. We go to our reception, <laughs> and Great. I'm sitting. And I asked the DJ, hey, would you play this song? It's our song. I don't remember any of it. We don't have a song. And we did not have so a song. So this is where we were. And so <laughs> I'm DJ, um, play this song. In and some way still she, there. she's dancing and with her friends and stuff. And I'm like, going to go down. I'm like, hey, it's our song. You know, you want to dance? She's like, can't you see I'm, I'm dancing with my friends? And she says it in a tone that any man would feel the stake drive through your heart um and i'm just like all her anger and pain and thrust just like the her instinctual reaction is just to just boom right through the heart and then to kind of be like didn't even know that that was our song and what song was it right exactly exactly we don't have doesn't even matter it was probably from gray's anatomy (laughs) anyway i don't even know i don't even know but it puts um, the lotion uh, on the skin (laughs) (laughs) i've so i've told a piece of this story at men's the oh, Ransom Heart Men's Boot Camps through our again. church. Dude, Scott, seriously, shut <laughs> shut the hell up. And I've told this story, and it's really, the, you know, earlier we talk about um, words and the impact of words and um, using the F word. And I questioned, you know, when I told the story of using that word to to emphasize and we talk about like groups, Christian groups that use profanity and I'm questioning, you know, she actually, you know, in, in some of the pieces of our story, um, in the worst moments, you know, use profanity. I'm like, do I say like, she said I was an awful person or she said I was, you know, a bad person. It wasn't what she said, you know, it was, you know, there was like serious hate and anger. And so when I tell the story in our boot camps, I use like the language that we use, which is just F bombs, um, because it's real. And, and that day at our wedding was the worst day of my life. And, I mean, it's completely emasculating. I was a passive man who was marrying a woman who was already wrecked. And then I took her through and just tore her to pieces, her heart, just, I mean, nothing. And, and then we go into marriage and that was just, I mean, we didn't even have sex on our wedding night. Um, but that's, you know, a great, (laughs) great moment where, you know, save yourself. Um, because that baggage is brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if it just, even if you go in innocently and you have no idea and it seems awkward, <laughs> just save yourself because the baggage you take in is absolutely, um, could grind you down to uh, nothing in terms of your heart and your manhood, uh, and your womanhood. I'm, I'm certain of it. Um, having been in our 12th year, of marriage, um, the, uh, entering marriage, the way we did, it was just world war three. Right. So you always say our wedding day was the worst day of your my, life. My, 
My worst day. Yeah. I said, right. That's what I just said. It okay. was your worst day. I don't think of it as that. It was going into it. I felt he's only marrying me because we're pregnant again. And this is what we need to do. This is the right thing to do. Let's just do what's right. This is the life I'm choosing. This is where I'm going now. I don't think I hated you, but I had a bunch of resentment and anger, but it was still. And I could see that in your eyes. But and I her still, left hook. Yeah. It was a right I hook. I don't even know what that was about. It was a right know. hook. You just cornered me and I got scared. It's okay. Okay. So going our wedding day, I remember it being, I'm like, wow, this turned out perfect for planning it so quickly. It's in such a mind, female, it's such a female thing. The weather was perfect. Everybody was there. I fit in my dress, even though I was five months pregnant and I bought it. Like, I didn't know if it fit me. We had our bridesmaid and our, your friend at the time who I don't think you even talk to anymore. Maybe a little bit, but anyways, it turned out to me as this turned out perfect. This is great. All the pictures turned out great. We're smiling in all of them. Everybody, it looks great. Everybody thinks we're perfect. So right. all I was about was what it looked Mission like on the outside. Mission accomplished. Perfect. And Everything's was that, great. That was just reinforcing everything about what you thought about how he looked at you yes. and how men had looked at you mm-hmm. before. Everything was just Everything was exactly that. the same. And so wow. now into, I don't even remember saying our vows. I remember looking at you, but I don't remember repeating the vows. I was just in my head going, can this be over already? Oh, God. God, not in a way of like because I don't love you it's just like hurry up let's get this mm. over with let's go on to the reception with all our family I didn't know any of your family I don't think that was the first time I met your dad the first time I met all of your mom's friends wait a second we traveled up to my dad's in Idaho oh, okay so I met him but I didn't it's really all a blur him. it's all a blur Anywho, that was it to me it turned out perfect Everything went well. Nobody knows anything. We're great. Although they found out we we're pregnant because you shared we're having a boy. We just found out it was a boy the day before. Oops. No, we. Our, your mom knew, and my I think our my parents knew at this point. Right. Yeah, because that's why we were getting married. But nobody knew anything. And anybody else? No. Nobody knew anything. Nobody knew I was married. Nobody. About our entire story. Right. And then that we went to the hotel your mom got us a hotel right i mean we don't have to get into <laughs> all the details but Anyways, yeah that sounds it was like great so I- <laughs> we we going going forward really we the next the next few years are just brutal um and i pretty much before we even knew each other uh i was i would say I watched porn and I don't know if I was addicted to, I don't know at what point you're like, I'm addicted to it, but, um, you know, it was really, so Tanya told you you were addicted. No, I didn't even no. know. He wa- uh, you Go ahead. Clear. Well, ahead. I think I knew he liked it cause there was times where we'd watch it together and I liked it. I thought it was fun, but I didn't know it was something that he did regularly without me. I thought it was, this was new. Ooh, this is fun. What is he doing? But I do remember the very first time I ever had, sex with you I remember telling my friend I'm like uh, I think he watches porn because he does weird things like things that are not normal. like it was Hot good Carl. but I remember thinking <laughs> shut like, up Scott but I'm like well maybe it's because he's older I don't know and I'm like 23 so I'm like that was weird crazy but it was like and he wanted to film it <laughs> you videoed <laughs> yes. yeah he videoed one of our things and I remember thinking okay 
Fun. I don't think I don't think that's in his notes. We burned that Jeff video, by the way. Breath. It was like a VHS. <laughs> well, I totally forgot about that. No. I'm oh my gosh. Wow. Are you? He's like, hold on, let me get my tripod out. Oh my god. And he was actually talking about a tripod. <laughs> yes. Oh One time a man has said that he actually meant a tripod. So I piecing the puzzles together. I'm like, wow. He watches a lot of porn. Period. Anyway. I was a I was a broken man, bottom line, and I kind of found my validation in porn, and that was really going back to my parents, really ripping. I mean, my mind, in my heart, ripping the foundation out from under my feet, and just giving me no security and no direction. I had no compass in my life, and. I had knocked up this woman three times and now on the third time we're getting married and it's a wreck and it's not just a train wreck. It's like a train wreck falling off in the Empire State Building, just it just crushing everything underneath it and shrapnel flying everywhere. And I, I'm thinking I, I've destroyed this woman and now I'm marrying this woman. This, per, this person's uh, hit me, probably hates me. I've destroyed her heart. We're in marriage. I can't even approach her with anything. I want things to be perfect. I want them to look perfect and be perfect. And I think I have all the answers. And uh, He wanted me barefoot and pregnant. Like leave. He always yeah, I told me I you needed to really. Yes, did I? He would always tell me you're not going to work. You're going to be a stay-at-home mom. Is mm-hmm. that a book? Like leave it to Beaver. That sounds familiar. From barefoot, barefoot and pregnant. pregnant. He'd 50s, always say that to me. Forties. Yeah, that was how 80s. I had grown up. My father providing and my mom staying home. That's all I knew. So what did life look like when you? Because you have four kids now. So when you were having, you had Christian, and you're having your second third child yeah where was jeff where was tanya in those times i was always working always he was gone all the time with soccer keeping busy i was keeping busy for a reason one i probably could have been home 75 percent of the time but i chose not to be home because it was like it was walking hell. on eggshells it was it was hell on earth when we were together it was no there was no connection um i don't remember ever when we lived in our other home in Corona with, when we had the three, I don't even know how we had three kids. I don't remember ever having sex. I don't even remember having, having sex. sex. <laughs> ever. That's what I said. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I just listen to the tape. Anyway, vindicated. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And Scott was there with us. <laughs> in spirit? I guess. Jeez. No, but I don't remember. He was operating the camera. Uh, I felt like I was God. That good. Was one time okay, I'm that was sick burned. to my stomach. I was holding just tripod. You know you're. I'm sick that. to my stomach. Okay. Um. So at what point, dude? I, I'll. I'll. Okay. So my breaking. So the most. The worst point. I'm a single mom with three kids. Yeah. Doing everything alone. Thank God for his. We were just talking about this. His dad was my only friend. I would. He lived right next to us, and I would go to his house every day. Mm. Never did we talk. We just, the kids would play and I'd sit there. I had somebody to be with. I wasn't alone. And he'd make us lunch. He'd kind of hang out with Christian because Kaylee and Kendall were, I think we just had Kendall at the time, little babies. And I wasn't at home by myself all the time. So So I would go. Yes. Like he was there for me all the time. And at the time, Jeff, looking back, it's easy to see for you, but 
at the time, did you realize you were just filling, you were filling gaps and you were avoiding, you were uh, deflecting? Always, completely. So you were aware that you were, you were a part of this mess or, it, or avoiding it. It's almost like it becomes a norm. Which is it was a sight. It was so normal for us. It was terrible. I would go to all the family events, barbecues, picnics, birthday parties, and my I always had excuses for him. I protected him. He's working. He's busy. He has soccer tournaments. He's gone at it, and he was. And I definitely, but were you- I protected him for my. I didn't want my family to know who he really was. So I was like, oh, he's he really likes you guys. He's just busy with soccer. He's providing for us. He's doing his tournaments. And right. And I'm thinking, and and I'm thinking, you know, I just, I can't be home. It was really, it's even now thinking back, I'm leaving my kid, kids. I left my kids, my wife, fatherless and no husband. It's really hard for me because I think about how I grew up and I'm like, how did I, how did I get here? How did I get to that point where... I have a family and I'm completely avoiding home. Well, I don't think I was the easiest person to be around. I'm Mm. tough and I would not give you any grace or any, I would just lay into you the moment you came home. I hated you. You mentioned eggshells earlier, Jeff. Um, but was that like you guys are arguing all the time or no, I mean, no, it was really silence. It was was like 10, it was like, but I'm really good at, it was palpable. It was constant building tension. Yeah. Like you knew the moment we were in the room together, this tension was everywhere. And we just would. She was waiting smile. for me to say like maybe and one thing. I would thing. have the best. Oh, I was so good. My words. It was like. My words are powerful. It was like touching. It was like just. It's like if you're going to punch. If you're in a fight and you like touch somebody like. Like I'm going to touch you with my little finger on your chin. There you go. I mean, milliseconds after that happened, it's like getting slugged with words that just, they were crystallizing. They just went right to the heart. I had all day to think heart. about them. Oh, my the gosh. Came home, they just came out. And I kept, and I, and I kept and thinking, yeah, how do I, how do we function? I cannot go on like this. This is not how, at least for, you know, thinking back of my foundation and my family and the little house on the prairie and the perfect life, which is funny to think about now that I just wanted the perfect life. Um, and what was your perfect was not my perfect. Yeah. I was so, I'm not going to be like this and I will be the complete opposite. So right. whatever he wanted, like I need to be perfect. Don't cuss. I'm like, <laughs> all I did was cuss or say, do things on purpose. Cause I knew it right. piss him off. So we're it was like a game. We were playing a game with each other all the time. So my Scott still does that. <laughs> my idea was per, my idea was protect protect my children. Somehow find some way to have happiness in my marriage, and I have no idea how it's going to happen. But I kept thinking like I had the I had the ways. Like okay, I'm going to say this or bring this up, and kind of would always tell me how to be. This is how you need to act. Yeah, this is how I need to be. And so then that that went on forever. Would you actually say those words? Yes. This you need I, to be just like this. Uh, you need to act just like this. Oh my Why gosh. aren't you doing this? And yeah. I would be like, "That's brutal." Fuck do you remember you. that? <laughs> I'm, uh, I, do you remember I, saying those? I words? do. Wow. I do. Um, I, I was mean, never. I, I felt I was never good enough, and no matter what I did, I never lived up to his expectation of his what I need to be, and I didn't want to be. Which totally fed into every other man that you dealt with in your life. Right. It was just like this 
is this unending confirmation of what you already felt the, right, the, about the, yourself. The amazing thing is in a really healthy marriage, and I've heard healthy marriages talk and use the same language. They're healthy conversations and the wounds that just have been built in that we just are trying to give over to God and fight off and get rid of all of that crap. Um, you know, you get into these conversations and all of a sudden it's like you just set off a grenade and I'll never forget. It was like second or third year where at least one of our kids was, was probably Christian was standing kind of in between us in our kitchen. And I was telling her like, you know, she was kind of like, like, what are you doing? You know, you're not doing anything. And I'm like, I'm, I'm working. I'm like working three jobs and I'm making money and I'm providing a house. And I'm, I'm, I, we're financially free. You could have anything you want. We could do whatever we want. And like, I'm feeling completely confident. And I'm like, this is my moment where I tell her how great a job I'm doing. What else could she want? Yeah. And she's like, you are a fucking asshole. And I don't even think I like you, let alone love you. And all I'm thinking is, our child is right here. Like, how could you cuss? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Adventures and missing the point. Oh, my right. gosh. And she's just, I mean, just to hear my wife say, you don't even think I l- <laughs> love you. <laughs> like, I don't remember that. but I. It's, ama- I, well, it's, I it's amazing how, how, how the words can just, they, there are so many things that sit like men want to be affirmed and validated by their women, by their wives, by, you know, who they've chosen to be with in life or a, a girlfriend or whatever it is moving towards that time where you get married and you go into life together and men so desire. Yeah. You want you got what it takes. Like, right. I, I got exactly. this and she knows I got it. I know I got it. It's yeah. a constant. And I think I knew you needed that, but I was not about to give you that ever. Well, right. Because you knew he needed it. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> because like, oh, you, doing oh, oh, you'd like me. a quarter for gum? Oh, I have a quarter. Want to come and get it? Oops, I threw it into the river. It's like... <laughs> Can I just say that? So, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, your descriptions are awesome. I'm still trying to picture a train... <laughs> Crashing from the top of the Empire State Building. <laughs> it's explosive, Zach. I love it. All right, go ahead. Lisa. Okay, so moving forward, how did you get to the point where you started to mend, where oh where restoration gosh. and redemption came into your life? Because obviously you're still married, and so where did that start to come in? Let me take that first. So we're still living nice. in Corona, and we live... Thankfully, in this time of our crazy disaster, I met a really great person who is still one of my really dear friends, and we would hang out every day. She, I didn't share. I think she knew. Amazing friend. But she was just there for me, and she's a great Christian and a lover dearly. Anyways, I was with her every day. She was my neighbor, and we were still friends to this day. But if it wasn't for her, I don't know where we'd be. But she was my person that I could share a little bit. Little. I mean, I didn't, still didn't quite get all open with her, but she knew. Sounds like she knew. She knew. Sure. Yeah. Like what? Something's not right. 
but she just listened. Never did she ever judge or did she ever ask or say anything horrible about Jeff or our family. Nothing. You know, she welcomed Jeff and they, her, both her and her husband loved him and always, of course, he was never there. But so I, at this point, have three kids and or maybe two and I might have been pregnant at this time. And I'm like, I'm going to start going to church again. I don't care if you come. I'm going with this family and we're going to do this. Actually, I think I brought them. Anyways, uh, one of the soccer families brought us to this church and okay. which I'm, we're still really good friends right, with right, to this right. day. And um, we would go to church with them. Jeff never came. I don't think. I think you always were at soccer. Or maybe I might have came. came once or twice. I went because I just wanted my kids I, I, to be a part of. Sunday school and knowing the Lord and just being because I grew just up to that be way. around those people. I needed to be around those people, f- the friends that were believers. Yes, so I did that, and Jeff rarely came because he had a lot was of always busy. There's always soccer tournaments on Sundays. That's when his tournaments were. Anyways, I started going to church again, bringing the kids. Sometimes he would come. He would just sit there and act. But really, just his strength of just to be there. With, a really good friend kind of took you through. Well, yes. And she, they would go with me. So I wasn't alone right. in church. I would be with them. And sometimes you would be there in your own world. I don't think you even would listen. I think you, I would look at you and you would be like bored. You looked bored. Or you would just be there like, this is ridiculous. I mean, we'd go Christmas and Easter with the family and you would be there. But literally looking back, I mean, you're the foundation of friendship of a believer who... She really just brought me back right. the Holy Spirit. And totally. Well, and she and I have similar background stories and I had kind of shared a little bit with her. And so we connected, we became really good friends. At this point, we both have two kids and we just, she was the person, my, she was my person that I could go to and be with all the while gone. Oh yeah. All the while, probably in our f- fifth or sixth year of marriage, I'm just, I'm, gr- I'm just, I'm going down a black hole of um, just horribleness, at, you know, with both of my jobs and and totally and, addicted to porn at this point. But right, I didn't know right. at this point. He would just do it at night when I would go to bed. He would be on the computer. Right, and I'd even I'd even leave and find I would just go. I would where you can have computer go access. to where I, yeah and. Um, you and know, some of it you said wasn't even porn. It was just pictures. Right. Of like women. Right. And Mostly it was. Like tennis out. Like nothing. Whatever. Even like explicit. Just completely like. It's about. It's visual. about. It's a. It's really visually about eyes looking back at you, not judging you mm-hmm. and knowing that there's complete freedom. That's what it is. Right. But and I didn't know any like of this. Man. Right. Yeah. Like this person, this woman is looking back at me and it's completely innocent. And this is awesome. And there's something oddly, it's odd because it's like that person's not right in front of you alive there. It's just a image, but there's, there's something about it that was validating and, and you get that, and I'm getting, depending on what you do with that, you get that dopamine response, that reward. It's completely for for being a man. Right. And images getting that quick almost like love. Right. And, yeah. and to, so, so the alternative, the alternative is going home and walking in eggshells and having to like navigate freaking disaster and, or just go look at images that are, which will never leave your mind. You say, no, 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 they, they, no, no, no. 
I see. And you think, no, 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 no. Don't um, stop. Wait, wait, wait. What happened to the redemption? I asked right, about that. Right. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, this is, maybe this is something that they, there, there's maybe there's still something there. There's something that needs to be talked about. There, there's something with, um, there's something with how men look at things and how women look at things. And there was some like waffles and spaghetti um, reference to some <laughs> couples. I've never heard of that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I know Hold this. on. I know this. Men, men can like waffles. Just focus on the family. Right. But it's specific to uh, uh. A, a couple of authors. And us terrible. Smallies. The small the smallies. I believe. So women spaghetti, the noodles are all just weaving in and out and everything is totally connected. So the idea of um you know not being able to not think about all of it in one um, that's how women think. Whereas men think in, you know, the waffles have these little boxes and men can actually enter into one box and don't think about anything else. And they can leave that box and delete whatever was there. Women to actually think about the idea of, wait, you're not thinking about that anymore. Or you're not. It's actually possible Men can just leave. I can. It doesn't just matter if you're a man or a woman. Anything. What, any image you see, you will never forget it. No matter what, if you empty that box, that's, it's that's, always there. Always. So this is it probably is. for another pod. This is literally for another podcast. But I think the waffle reference is a men have an ability to compartmentalize, right. where women don't have that that ability. So in their day, men can. Do their work thing. Okay, come home. Set that aside. Do this thing. Their workout. Set it aside. Not think about it anymore. And then move on to the next thing. Where women... Running it, shoes porn. It's... <laughs> <laughs> That's referencing another podcast. It's a throwback to Our the porn episode. Thing. Everything is touching. Everything right. is constantly yeah. going so together. What happened in work and my workout and what happened with the kids and it all comes together and it's for all thought about. Yes, for yeah. a woman throughout the whole day. It influences the other part of it. I had a crappy day at work, so my workout was awesome because I was pissed off and I could just like run as fast as possible. Like it all blends together. Yeah. And so right. I don't know that it it is specific to like actually deleting things, but it's actually being able to put them in a box and leave them aside that I don't necessarily think it like, well, that is erases it. That's where, that's where you can, well, it's amazing because I think back, I'm like, I do not remember having sex with my wife yet. Never. Yet. We have yet you kids. can, yet you can, <laughs> you can go watch the tape <laughs> yet. That's the, burned. yet the pain that I, the, the pain of how the words are spoken as I listened to my wife, you know, minutes ago of there is so much, there's, there's something sitting still of the pain that we're still, we are still going through. I mm -hmm. have like, created a a pain and a wedge that I struggle with every day and and I've really been fighting to um to pray about about how we've kind of traveled down this path and we he we're here, you know, 12 years, 13 years later from first meeting and just everything and all of the baggage, which is why it's like 
going through um, marriage, you know, go into without baggage, even though there's always going to be some, however your families were, but, you know, fast forward to, you know, Lisa, your question of where did redemption come in um, after this wreckage? It's, it's, it's me sitting at a church in the front row just randomly. Um, it wasn't even Easter? I think it was the week after Easter. Oh, wow. That's pretty <laughs> good. And when all the pagans leave. <laughs> well, first we fast, we moved. Right. But it, in terms of the, re, in terms of redemption, redemption, redemption. Mm-hmm. where we were, none of it mattered. And sitting there and we, ha- you hit rock. We both it was hit rock, rock bottom. bottom. And I think that's what took him to realize. Shit, I, I don't my even know. Is gone. I was our already life gone. Is gone. What have I done? My son is what? Seven? Six at this time? I don't even know. Five or six. It was... It was Seven. It was done. He turned seven. Kendall turned five. So he had three... No, I'm sorry. It was and none three of it, and five. And none of it... And it none doesn't of, matter. And none of it matters. It doesn't. And none of it. Just life was going. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter how many kids you have. In that moment that God just captures you, you, answer, you finally answer the call... Um, during worship music, whether it was Easter or a week after Easter, I'm sitting in the front row, probably next to my wife and our friends, and just tears just start rolling down my eyes, and I've completely lost it, and I'm like, I, I'm done. It sounds like a switch flipped, like it was less a buildup. It was immediate. It was a oh. moment in time. Um, I remember listening to... Uh, you mentioned no, 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 no. It was Tony. No, it was actually Tony. Tony, Tony Robbins, the motivational speaker. <laughs> you mentioned the documentary. And he was telling. He was talking about how you can go. You you think, oh, it's taking me ten years to get here. No, it was ten years until you find that moment happens, and that moment that God, that I met God, and I'm like, I give my life over to you. I'm done. I, I accept you as my Lord and savior and you, you're everything and I'm nothing. And I don't have this figured out at all. And I just, I need help. And cause I, I have nothing left. What led you to, to end up at church? Well, Tanya, do you want to, so now we move from our Corona neighborhood. Obviously I think we thought, okay, We'll move. This will make us better. This will help us. What do you know? Tanya, Start over yeah. with people that don't know us, right? Exactly. You, Tanya, you'd been you oh, yeah. had been going to church or started to go. Right. We went to this church. I went all the time. We had this great family friends that were our neighbors that I lived lived with basically. And then Christian was going to be starting kindergarten, and we knew we wanted to be in a neighborhood that we would be living in and we wanted the schools. We weren't, our neighborhood was great, but we didn't want to be at that school with our, with Christian. So we happened to find this place in Capitol beach and it was a rental and we took it and Christian started. Well, now it's summertime before kindergarten and there was the park where I always meet my friends. Right. And I ran into a friend. Yeah. <laughs> That's when I met. Who happened to be connected to the pastor of a church. Yes. <laughs> Well, I met Mullen, and so she was 
which is our now pastor's sister-in-law. And she had several, three kids. And at this point I had three kids and we were, we just connected and we were friends and we started hanging out every day all the time. And her husband worked a lot. I don't think I met him yet. And then I had asked her, do you guys go to church? Cause I wasn't quite sure. And she said, yeah, you guys should come with us one time. So Easter was coming up and I'm like, great, we'll come on Easter. Cause I know my husband will go if it's Easter. <laughs> that was my, like, he'll come if we go on Easter. Smart thinking. And so we followed them. I remember going all the way up. Oh, so all the way to the high school wondering, where are we going? <laughs> it's like 25, <laughs> 25 minutes. minutes later. Yeah. We passed like 10 churches on the way. Oh, this one. Oh, this one. And we went to yeah, this high school. You don't think school. there's a middle of nowhere in Southern California, <laughs> but apparently but there, there is. is. And it was a high school that our church, it was a small church running out of this high school. And we went and we found out the pastor was her brother-in-law and he was our neighbor. And we went and we just really liked it. And apparently Jeff liked it too, which was the rare. Flipped. It was, yeah. And I think it was, that's when Ryan had just started Kirkland. And Literally Ryan, Ryan had showed up. Day. It was the other, it was his probably was first still or there second doing day. the piano, but it was his last day. Everyone was saying goodbye to it, him. Yeah. It, it, I think. And it's really the, the coming to that church. That's how we got there. But that changed our lives. I mean, looking back, 100%. the, the connecting the dots. I mean, I think a lot of people can look back in their mm-hmm. lives and connect all the dots. Literally where God is like, hello. Hey, Hello. Hey, right here. Hello. And then, right. you know, it's like you and get to a spot, to spot, right? You get to a spot where you just at that moment and you're ever like, since that moment, it, our lives have changed. Right. I, I can't even explain it. I have no how idea much it, how, how this happened. <laughs> Probably for the next six months, I, we struggled because I was really struggling with what, in this walk with Christ was all about. I really didn't, I still didn't have a compass, but I was like on fire. Like I, we somehow came, I come, I came across uh, focus on the family and it was talking about marriage and, you know, authors, great authors that are just speaking life into people um, through their stories and, and biblical references. And a lot of it was on marriage and family. Right. And I'm like, I just coincident. I mean, just it wasn't even. It was a fluke. Were that you I going came to look at porn? This, uh, no, I wasn't. But uh, thought that's how that happened. I was looking at. I was looking at something <laughs> for good for once, <laughs> and I come across focus on the family, and I'm click on it, and there it is about marriage, and and we the, s- go ahead. Previously to that, I have for years asked him to come to counseling or do something with marriage based on Christianity or something. And yeah, good luck never, with that. Never ever wanted to. So right. finally, like the first like two, three months we lived in the house that we live in now, I was done. And I told him, I'm done. Toast. I give up. I don't care about you. I don't care what, where you go, what you do. He didn't care about me. It was over. But I, we were never going to get divorced. I think we just thought I was never going to get divorced. I'm like, I'm never doing this again. I'm not getting Seven divorced. Rooms. But <laughs> I'm done. And you said, I'm done too. And I remember you, like it was just, we were done. And then within like a couple of weeks, you came across this thing Focus and you asked me family. to listen to it with you. And I was seriously blown away. I'm like, what? First of all, it's Christian and it's a family thing that I've asked you to listen to for several years. So I listened to it, to it with you and. We listen it, to Focus I, on the gosh, Family every, every night. night. <laughs> we still wow. do. It's been a long time. But. It has. 
every single night we listened to whatever episode they were playing and we never would talk. We would just listen to it and we're like, oh my gosh, that's us. <laughs> what? Huh. That's where we are. Oh my gosh. For the record, we're not being paid by folks <laughs> in the family. They changed our lives. And the words <laughs> that I have no doubt that, I mean, it's people are like, well, that's just coincidence. I'm like, there's no, no coincidence. There was a moment in time where you just, you're, you're there and you see this and you invite your wife into this. And next thing you know, like, it's like months later and we're still, we still weren't talking about it. No. I don't think you, then you went to boot camp. Six months. Guys, yeah. Six finally. months later, after I became a believer, I went to boot camp and I came back with a compass in my life. Like I, like the idea of what a husband is supposed to be, what a father is supposed to be. And I had, it was a very clear picture it where other men were thinking, going home, like, I'm going to tell my wife what to do. And I'm, and I, the whole time I'm thinking, I have such a bigger responsibility mm-hmm. than I ever thought. Well, when you came home, you took over in a way that you never, I was in charge of everything. I ran the bills, the household, the family, the prayers, the dinner, the get togethers, everything. And you just would be there. And you came home and you took over. I remember when you're like, I'm going to pray for dinner. I was, almost fell out of the chair. I, think I, might have been, I was like, what? <laughs> I think I might have been standing with my arms out. You were standing up. I remember. Out, yes, you were standing like, up and you're like, I'm going to pray. I like, was like, I, God, I have arrived. Yes. That's and better. You, before you prayed, you're like, I'm going to, you screamed on the top of your lungs for the enemy to get out of our house. Yes. And it's not so welcome no here. Yet. No. 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 That developed. <laughs> By the way, he still does that. <laughs> he still screams. He just screamed yes- today. Today? Or yesterday? I don't know. Really loud. Even the neighbor's like, did you? Did your dad just scream? <laughs> <laughs> did, he's, your he neighbor screams, said that to you. Like, he screams it. Your neighbor said nice. that to you. Did your dad just scream? Because <laughs> Jeff just yeah, sounds just, so really yeah, old. Yeah, because he's loud and echoes. Around yesterday right was a guttural, like, this, fierce yeah. scream. <laughs> Anyway, do evil spirits keep coming back to your place or what? I have to take a baseball bat to him. <laughs> anyway, that was a great, that was such a great moment. And you took charge. And right. I finally was, I, it took me a was long that hard time. For you? Yes. It was at first like, wait a minute. I'm the one who does it's, all this stuff. Okay. Honestly, it's still a little bit hard. It is because okay. I still don't completely honestly right. let you do it because I yeah. don't know if you're. Right. You will. There's I'm like, he's going to mess up. I'm going to just still, keep so how, yeah. how long ago was that? Yeah. <laughs> no, this is like probably well, today. Well, at this point, we this have three still... kids, and then no, wait, our no, life gets better. From and... that first boot camp where you were taking charge till now. It's been four years. It, or three. At least. Four. It's still a thing. No, yes. it's, yeah. it's at least yes, four we years. Had, then we got pregnant with Caleb. He's going to be four in October. So Caleb was by far when I the became best a pregnancy, okay, the best when I became everything. a be- when I so when I became a believer sex, when I became a believer we <laughs> wait wait a second wait, what I don't know what everything <laughs> what's happening are trains falling from the Empire State Building <laughs> wait okay 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 <laughs> no the Linda listen <laughs> okay the idea. Of okay, not the idea, but when I became a believer, you were set on having. Th- so going in, I'm like, I want five kids, and you're like, I want three kids, and I'm like, so we'll be at four, and you're like, we'll be at three. But I think it was really in the brokenness. It's like I don't trust you at all. And then when I became a believer, and then when I kind of, 
I found my foundation in Christ, something changed. And there was one day where you're like, do you really want another child? Boom. Two weeks later, we were pregnant. And it was like... The, we had miscarriage again, though. We Right when Troy's brother died. Because mm. I thought it's because of like being really sad and crying. Right. Or Todd's right. brother. Right. Going to the funeral. Like right after the funeral is when I had the miscarriage. And it was Malin's birthday. Mm. And I was like, oh. Well, then I'm like, well, we're not supposed to have four kids. I, it really didn't affect right. me as much. I didn't think of it as punishment or anything. I just thought of it as, well, we're not supposed to have four kids. Which is amazing. But then we got to be in that again. mindset. Yeah. And I was fine with it. I was like, we're good. We're good. But yeah, that, especially with the other, all the other stuff that, you know, happened. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what's... It's interesting because every time I've had a miscarriage, I've had a boy. Like, I had a miscarriage and I had a Christian and then I had two girls, no miscarriages. And then I had a miscarriage and then we had a boy again. So I knew he was going to be a boy. Huh. I was like, oh, we're going to have a boy if we get pregnant again. So Wow. Are you guys going to shoot for five? No. No. He got snip snip. Come on, darts. One more but time. I'm still. Dr- I'm seriously. He, we probably <laughs> well, will somehow. Can, but right. no, no, if, no, no. If no. listeners remember back to the Pastor Todd episode, a reverse snip is possible. Negative. That's right. He flew to Florida no. and then came back. And, and it's ten thousand dollars. <laughs> and I'm 36. I'm happy. I wanted to be. I was done at 30. But then we had another child at. Hey. How old was I? I don't even know. How old 30s, Caleb? 36 is the new I was 32. 18. I was 32. So what's it like being married to a man that could be your dad? Like, <laughs> Good <laughs> Lord, Zach. It's only wow. nine years, not eight. It's eight. Years. Oh. It's, eight. <laughs> it's probably possible. It's eight. It's, it's seven nine. and three quarters. It's eight. <laughs> It's interesting because I'll say things like, oh, I was in junior high. And he's like, I okay, was in college. No, st- st- stop. <laughs> Moving okay. on. Uh, Moving real, on. When okay. you distill it down to that, it gets real creepy real yeah, Okay, wait a second. Go ahead, Lisa. I was just going to ask. So now that you're at this place of you're, you're watching Focus on the Family together, you're engaging in church together, obviously there's huge heart change, right? Right. The shift in... And what you desire in your life is completely 360. I mean, or 180, whatever you want to say. There's purpose in your desires for your family, not for your selfish nature. So how does that play out now? And what are some of the things you still struggle with, even though you're in this place? I mean, it's, it's not like the devil just gives up and lets you have your victory um, there's, or you, no, you're not well, putting it all in the, you're we, not putting it we, all in the enemy, are you? We, I think we allow, we allow the bad to come in. So do you, your frame, I don't want to get on a tangent, but it's your default framework. You see the enemy in that stuff more than maybe some, more than me, I guess I'll, I'll say. Um, wait, say that one more time. So is your blame more on the enemy or your own selfish desires or is it both? It's me not take is it's me not laying everything down to Christ and and giving it away. It's letting my selfish nature of wanting, um, not needing, but wanting um, and even today, I, I I took my son and his friend to the beach, and I I said, hey, you know, you, let's go to the beach, and they just played, and I sat and I journaled and I I thought and I prayed, and um, it really was a reflective time, 
um, or, you know, my wife leaves, um, and leaves me alone in a home and I, I have, I found out today that I've gotten very strong with walking with Christ and to the point where, you know, I'd be in deep trouble in the past and, uh, if she left and I was alone in my home and no kids around where, you know, I would be immediately struggling with kind of anxiety of, you know, I can just go to the computer and it's a bad, bad place. I mean, if, can I call you on that a little bit? Sure. Just a couple of episodes ago was centered around that's still very much a monster yeah. in, in your life. Yeah. Because you kind of framed it right there in a very rosy picture, like it's gone. <laughs> it's interesting because we've had this discussion before just in general with people, uh, I mean, all of us who struggle with whatever it might be. And mine specifically is is kind of an anxiety that turns to porn, but it's like, why? I never asked myself or never really in praying with God about like where... Why am I doing this? Why do I think this way? Or why am I getting anxious? Um, and I really never, you know, we've had tons of conversation with with Scott. He's like, you know, he references the Bible. And it's like, I, I don't have, um, I, I call, I can call in the spirit or I can literally read words from the Bible um, or listen to people reference in the Bible. And, and I actually today even found kind of comfort in those ideas or those words, that truth. And, you know, going back not too long ago, yes, it's, it's a fight. But the idea of it just being completely gone, there's no person on the planet that can say I'm not sh- they're not struggling with something, whether it's pride or porn right, right. or whatever. And that's so specifically for you guys, because earlier it was obvious in Tanya's reactions that there's still these, when you tell her she's hot, right. still these reactions, there's still these wounds. It's beautiful to me, and I don't want it to sound like you had a come to Jesus moment and boom, you were healed. Because it, it can come off like that sometimes. There's still th- this battle, and it's almost when marriage is most fulfilling when you you recognize that battle, but you're stepping up to it and fighting for it, and it's not easy. There's still these things you guys are working for. That's what I don't want to get lost because it's a je- work in progress every day. Yeah, still to this day, like we, it's not perfect, and I don't think it ever will be. Yeah, although we now know what we're fighting for. And so we have our, our compass is set on something different more than it was purpose. more of a purpose. And you guys are both in it. Whereas before Jeff was checked out and right. you were doing whatever the opposite of what he wanted to do was. So it's also a change in how you engage with each other. It has to be right. It it's is not an eggshell walking into the home. Like well, no, thing. no, but sometimes it can be, it still is right in certain circumstances. And, you know, someone, 
you know, it's a it's a phrase. Uh, you, you, God won't give you more than you can handle. And I'm like, not in the Bible, by the way. Uh, and I'm like, wait a second. God will give you infinitely more than you can handle because so every day, every single day you are going to right. be sinning in some form. So you can continue to try every single day and infinitely you are going to fail. So the, that idea of, you know, God won't give you more than you can handle is BS you have so much responsibility and give your life to Christ, but you can give it all over and think you've given it all over, but we're so, we're so broken, but lifted up when we actually do call on Christ uh, to just, okay, can I have a do over (laughs) like every day? And in our, in my brokenness, and my lust, it's opposed is my wife who's in the, the situation where she's like, I don't want to hear you say that I'm hot or I'm beautiful or you look so cute, you know, wearing that or something like that. That's like they're nice things to say in a super healthy, haven't been, you know, annihilated in the sexual piece of life. But in our life, it's like crap how the heck do I affirm my wife? Because I grew up af- being affirmed my entire life and I want to affirm my wife. Like you're such a, so I'm like, where do I find this? Your amazing mom, you know, you're beautiful. It's like, no, you could have stopped it. You're an amazing mom. Cause, uh, and that's like, where the heck God, where do I stink and so, go with all this? Tanya, what's the equivalent to your hot <laughs> that is acceptable to you? Is it is it the mom thing or is it something he can do? That's a really good question. I don't know if I know the answer. I think when he says I'm a great mom. So, and maybe words of affirmation are not her love language. Right. Maybe it is acts of service, being home putting the dishes in the dishwasher, taking the kids out so she can be home alone for an hour. You know, it, we all operate where words of affirmation might be yours, but that's not the same. That, I mean, I don't need words of affirmation at all, but I know you do. And it's really hard for me to give you words. I'm struck. I'm, I'm actually struck (laughs) by the fact that you're, and I've seen this before where I tell you that you're a great mom. I affirm that you're a great mom and you become emotional. So if words of affirmation is not, then I don't know. I, I would, I'm, I'd be blind because you are a great mother. It's really difficult for me to, who I am. Like I was a coach my entire life. I affirmed, I affirmed people my entire life and I'm a teacher and I affirm people every day and it's almost natural for me and having a mom that I had to affirm and the fact that I see your reaction to your great mother and you have four kids and you have a husband that loves you. I'm struck by the fact that while you say, I don't need to hear it, I'm like, those tears aren't affirmation that you need to hear it. Tanya? <laughs> I yeah. I think that leads back to the abortion. Mm. 
So, ju- so just holding on to. Like I'm still a good mom. Right. Even though I chose to get rid of one of my kids. I think that's where it plays in, where it makes me feel good to know that I'm still a good mom. doesn't mean I need to hear it. I just know that I ended a child's life. But I'm still a good mom. You're an amazing mom. So. You're those kids' hero. (laughs) You're my hero. I mean, and I've told you this before, I'm in awe of what you do, what you've come through. And you impact our family in a way that is exponential. Sometimes we get into conversations and they're really tough. And I so want to just engage. And I feel this, like, this pushback. And almost like you don't believe it and I'm like you are you're we are a miracle we're a miracle couple and family and well it's because we put God in the center is when we decided that's when we became a couple that could work and we made things happen because we stopped trying to do it on our own we put God in the center and we found all these amazing friends that are with us and going through this life with us. And we are just, <laughs> I, I don't even know. So the living up to, would you say living up to expectations was less of a priority? Did that take more of a, more and more of a back seat? Yes. To being r- real and honest. And like I mentioned, like when I finally shared my story at the women's retreat, I think it was, it was three years ago. Cause Caleb was like four months old it was a huge weight lifted off my shoulders, which I didn't even realize was there until I shared it. And it was so freeing. And then all the women, there was like 15 of us <laughs> at the time. And they were all still like my greatest friends to this day. And it's just been amazing. And my life has changed so much in a great way. And the cool thing about when we were at this retreat was that Tanya just stepped up and was super vulnerable, especially to a bunch of strangers that she had never, she had never shared the story except for Jeff. And then she's sharing it with basically a bunch of strangers, almost strangers. Maybe she knew a couple people. And then after following that, it was like this opportunity for other women to share. And it was this amazing, this amazing impact of one person being so vulnerable with their life that it's like it allows other people to just be open to that you've gone through that so have I we're not alone yeah like I've hidden I hide behind my shame and for you to be able to say that to a group of people now I can freely express it and there's like this this freedom there's like this crazy spirit of freedom that went in that room and this crying and hugging and it and it's just knowing it wasn't alone was what was crazy and it was just this courage to say 
I'm not going to hide behind my shame anymore. And it was powerful. Church face just melts away. Mm -hmm. It was Sunday morning smile. (laughs) Powerful. It it was incredible. It was. Yeah. When you think back six or seven years, did you think you'd be sitting in front of a bunch of, standing in front no. of a bunch of women giving a speech? Well, first of all, I remember when we first started coming to the church and we had gone to the lake that one day. And I remember, because Malin was my only friend right. at the time. And she's like, I don't go to any of those things. But we went anyways because we wanted to. And I met, that's when I met you and all. And everyone like, uh, and all I thought was they're all so perfect. And if they only knew who I was, there's no mm. way they would ever accept right. me. So I was like very standoffish. And didn't want to even talk. I remember you audit. Everybody was so nice and approached me, and I was like, <laughs> "Stay away! Don't you don't want to know me? <laughs> I don't want no to." Idea. Yeah, <laughs> and I just smiled. And I think you even asked me about children's ministry. Like, do you want to do it with me? And I'm like, "No way!" <laughs> if you only. But in my mind, I thought you guys were all perfect, you know. And so, I mean, you guys are the ones I end up sharing all my stories with, and you guys are all our great friends today, and we are who we are. I think because of all of you guys and all the connections that we have and you guys have been with us and i mean we've been on Mar- it'll be 12 years this year but our seventh year anniversary was our very first anniversary i think that we honestly loved each other and celebrated with happiness and we were like wow it took us seven years we got something <laughs> and i remember everybody was i saying, get a little change in my pocket right here <laughs> we're like it's our seventh anniversary we actually love each other and we look, and if, if you look back the at all our photos, you know well, and yeah, that's what was, everybody yeah. always said. That was, and at that point, right before that was when I was done and I'm like, we're done. And I remember everyone's like, oh, it's the seven year itch. I'm like, what the hell is that? This has but, been okay. the seven year itch every year. <laughs> For seven years. <laughs> For seven year itch. Anyways, but if you look back at all our photo albums, we all, we, all our pictures, we look, we look spectacular, perfect, laughing spot. And I'm like, when we look back and I'm like, <laughs> Why are we smiling? Where? Yeah. What is this picture? Image. We were so good at hiding. I was so good at and making everything look perfect. I made it look perfect for my family, my friends, even for ourselves. In my mind, it was perfect. So it was perfect. Going back, what advice would you give your, <laughs> in your case, 22, 23 year old self? Oh my gosh. Uh, in <laughs> Jeff's case, his what, 46 year old self? I mean, brief, briefly, I mean, that, that's another question that could expand, wow. but just like in a brief sense, what advice? So I always grew up in the church and the youth groups, and I remember always being told, don't have sex till you're married. And I always thought, why? What, is it because that's what God said or it's in the Bible and it will be perfect? Okay. Okay. Nobody explained to me the baggage you would take into your marriage. And my advice is, ah, uh, just... <laughs> I don't even know. Wait till you're married to be sexually intimate with somebody because that connection, even if you don't even know the person's name, you still have a connection within your brain that happens when you have sex with somebody and you don't even know it. And having all these connections and ties and all this baggage that goes into you, all you now bring into your marriage is all this baggage. And now you're husband or wife who you're supposed to be able to be as Jeff says it's so great is free and be able to do all this stuff you shouldn't have all this stuff like blockage or these um barriers 
scary? Yes, yeah, that like hold you back. So like for example, Jeff has all this pornography that he brought in, which in my mind is all these visuals and images of how I'm supposed to be and I'm never going to be that. I have all this baggage of all these men that have done things that Jeff has not. But if he does anything like it or similar, I think that is like my image and my visual and my knowledge of what he's doing is bad. And so my walls come up and then I'm just done. I'm shut off. And so it's just what's supposed to be great and free is now chaos. And it's not supposed to be that way. God doesn't want it that way. But from abusing that situation and having the enemy allow you to believe these lies and do these things that's so sacred within a marriage is ruined if you do all that stuff previously with people who you will never even talk to again. Or in my case, I don't even know half these people's names. <laughs> so like trying to like go through the like healing prayers and unbind these ties. I'm like, I don't even know half these people's names. I just gave myself away to so many people because that's all I was good for. Right. So I don't know if that's like advice. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it just sounds, I think it's, it's hopeful in a way because I would describe your marriage as thriving, but for some reason it's really important to me to say you guys are still, it's, it's ongoing and there's still this, re- there's restoration. You're not restored but there's hope in that because you're both on the same right. team now. So we're on the same team and we have <laughs> the center of our marriage is God who we never right. had before. We try to do this on our own or I would have a little bit and he would have nothing. Right. And Cause the best selling books are always, you know, seven steps to, <laughs> to a, th- a healthy marriage or thriving marriage. And there is no steps to it. Yeah, and people want the solution. There is no solution. Yeah, you have to. It's a constant. There's a solution, work. but it's a constant right. solution. It's, yeah. yeah, and work in progress, and yeah. we have to. And we're very like we, we talk things it. Right. about. You know, we don't. We're intentional we about things. it. So I think also it's a it's a future focus. It's a it's a wanting a progression to a future focus, not a a past or a, okay, this is where we are now. So we're just going to sit here. It's a, a looking ahead that this is, we want to continue forward. We want to be better than we were the day before. Right. We want to improve than the day before. And that makes all the difference too. When you're seeking the same goal with God as the center and allowing for process. So Jeff, did you come up with any advice? <laughs> any quick advice? <laughs> oh my goodness! Now that you're like 70, because apparently you were 46 back then. <laughs> every time I mention, every time I mention your age, it it like jumps. In those I'm gonna years. love. I'm gonna love that people are like, I wonder if he. How old is he? He's like 57. He's 43. Damn, that guy looks I'm good 36. for 96. <laughs> oh, Tanya, don't give it away. I love that mysterious age. He looks so youthful in the pictures on Facebook Live. Um, my advice my advice is us men us husbands have such a great responsibility for our women and um, 
it's not pity that we want, but we, you can say we have to fall on the proverbial sword a lot, but it's really battling against the things that we want and the things that we really need to provide for our wives. And, you know, even today I'm thinking I need to outserve my wife. I need to provide I need to be patient and love and love unconditionally and if and if those wounds crop up and my wife says something and I'm like oh my god that hurts I don't know I think I just want to retaliate you can't be you can't have that heart you just got to lay it down and I literally have started to ask myself what is it in me that wants to fight back and I have absolute control over that because my life is in Christ and my ego and pride and all of it and needing and wanting, I don't need it or want it. If I give it to Christ and I just go for my wife's heart, I cannot fail. You sacrifice for your wife. You're there to defend her. You're there to defend your wife's heart and to mentor your children and to be teammates with your wife and... If if you're looking for something for yourself uh, in that, you better it's stop. giving yourself up. Yeah, you better stop looking. Um, and in the end, you'll actually probably have a life you look back to and think how much you actually received. And But it's, uh, it's an awesome life. The last five or six years have been the most amazing. And it's because I allowed Christ to come in and invade my heart completely. And that's not to say that there aren't fights. There isn't battles that go on in my mind. Um, the world is, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's carnage. And uh, it takes uh, those men that are sitting around this table and women that are sitting around this table and, and friends to, to really raise the the flag of God and fight on. And I know this kind of sounds a little <laughs> cheesy, but, and I know Zach, you were just waiting to say something like that, but I'm the emotional. Your descriptions are classic. I mean, it's just incredible. Shut the Raising front the door. God, shut the front on. door. But it does take having a community of people that you can trust that, you know, are on your team as far as wanting to shout victory for you too. Right. So I'm great doing life together with people. So I'm great at being succinct. Um, (laughs) I'll, I'll leave you with, I'll leave you with this. Don't ever lose your dramaticism. (laughs) Dramaticism. I'm a very visual person. Yeah. So God really spoke to me while I was running exercising, riding a bike, whatever. Um, that's where I meet God most of the time. And I'm sitting there crying on the hill because as I'm going through this, you know, exercise, just straining myself physically and mentally, um, I'm exhausted. And God gives me this picture. And it's this picture of me holding someone's hand in just kind of a shrapnel bomb hole of blackness and, um, and above me are just a ton of friends, uh, like you, Scott and Zach and so many others. And 
and families and God is above it, just shining this bright light. And I'm, I realize that all these friends have been put into my life. They all have these certain gifts, specific gifts that just spoke into my life. And as I'm coming out of this, I'm holding, my wife is holding my hand and she's holding our kids' hands. And God is literally lifting all of us up, our family, our friends, and just there's this, it just ignites um, this power that God has for us all. And he's put all these people in our lives that have supported us and been a catalyst for just the strength that we have in our faith and growing in this path, in this walk with Christ. I, I don't know a better life that I could have than I have today with the friends that I have and the amazing wife I have and the children and just the life we're living every day is, I mean, I wake up and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. This is still going on. It's, <laughs> it's hard to believe. And when I have conversations with people, I'm like, I'm living a miracle. And I, <laughs> like I said, I'm very succinct <laughs> and efficient with my thoughts, but I'm such an emotional creature that yeah. I just feel it and sense it and it comes out and it's, it's long, but, um, I'm such a different person and my heart has been flipped 180 degrees and, uh, I'm so um I'm so just happy to sit here with you guys and do a great little podcast where we share life and uh and beer and wine. Little's probably the wrong word, but <laughs> <laughs> we go heavy. Thank you. Yeah, that Thank was you. intense at some points. Tanya, last word. She's courageous. Victory. I, that, Tanya, Bam. Tanya. <laughs> I know. Tanya, last word? I don't know. She sat there for a while. So I, I know. She's, she's I'm thinking. still sitting she's here. She's going. Wow. I don't know. I'm just like, I, I'm blown away from where we were and where we are. And I know it's still a work in progress and we work on it every day. But I'm so thankful for the journey that we've been on. If we wouldn't have experienced that, I don't know if we would be where we are. So... I'm thankful for our experience and it has built us the to be the people we are. And again, super thankful for all the amazing friendships that we have because we definitely wouldn't be where we are if it wasn't for all of you guys that have listened to our stories and been with us and done life with us and just kind of kept us accountable and just knowing that nobody is perfect, but yet we are all doing life together and just trying to do the best we can with our kids. And I love that our, all our kids are growing up together and just having this amazing connection that we all have somehow with Mountain View Church. And, and I don't know if we can give advice because, you know, we're such a particular situation and set of circumstances it's like there's no uh, do A, B, and C, and then it'll all be solved. Right. So the it's laying you, it all out, as you and said, giving it all up, and yeah. knowing we do not have control of this. It's not in our hands, and that's when 
things will change. You said but, earlier that you put God at the center, mm-hmm. and, and that's not necessarily the immediate fix-all. That still God needs to work in your mm-hmm. lives. It's not once not you realize a once you both had yeah. that, you had right. something to work. Because yeah. I always felt I was working yeah. against it, and then if we don't go came came into that realization too. So now we're a team. We're not. Right. fighting against each other we're working together if we don't go through everything we've gone through we don't have what we've got today so to give somebody advice it's like go through hell and then come on back <laughs> don't don't fear that don't yeah avoid. that's there crazy. you go it's never too late some people always feel like oh we're in too deep or it's too late it's never too late don't too avoid yeah for hope or come back you can yeah. There's so much strength in screwing up. I mean, don't go screw up on purpose. But don't think it's too late it. or too far yeah. behind or too lost because it's not. You're never too lost. Never too late. That was amazing. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you for having that was awesome. me. I almost cried, <laughs> but I haven't cried since I was like three years old. High fives all around. Air high fives. <laughs> <laughs> Finger. <laughs> <laughs> Is it still recording? Yeah. Oh. Yes? <laughs> <laughs>